Welcome once again to another episode of the Precision Health Pod, where we talk to the people building and experiencing the future of health. Today, we want to welcome Mark Champagne, author, mental fitness strategist, and host of Behind the Human Pod, uh, where he unpacks the mental fitness practices of some of the world's most brilliant thinkers. Welcome, Mark. We're excited to have you. Me too. Thanks for having me. Well, to get started, I have to ask, what does mental fitness mean to you? And what is a mental fitness strategist? <laughs> Two very good questions. Uh, mental fitness to me in its simplest form is just anything that we do to train our minds to work for us, for us instead of against us. Um, and I keep it broad like that because just like physical fitness, you know, just because you may not like to run doesn't mean that you rule out all of exercise, for example. So same thing with, with the mind, really like anything that we can do, um, to become more self-aware, to, to understand when we start having those looping thought patterns, and then most importantly, have the tools, uh, practices and rituals to be able to flip us back into more of a thriving state where we feel good and where we do our best work. So that loops into, you know, for me, what a mental fitness strategist is. And I, I kind of had to make up that term because I was struggling for the longest time trying to figure out like the intersect of, I guess, two kind of worlds that I've been operating in since, uh, you know, since graduating university. And the first half being very much so related to brand strategy and product strategy and, and as just a strategist in general. And then, you know, the second half, uh, which is what I'm in right now, or I should say they combined, but the second half really focused on how do we optimize our mind? And again, like how do we bring mental fitness and make these practices more accessible and more relatable to people? And instead of falling under that category of a coach or a guide, uh, strategist felt more more appropriate because for me especially working on brands like we're all used to creating a brand strategy and having a vision and having some core pillars that making sure that ensure that our you know our tactics and our activities and everything we're doing aligns to you know the the mission right um but very few times that we do that for our minds you know like who am i now and who am i striving to become which links right back to health as well so then if i'm striving to become this person well, do my actions today, my choices, are they supporting that person or are they pushing me farther away? And, you know, helping people and teams uh, become more mentally fit and having those brand strategies in mind is just uh, at least one solution to, to getting closer to that, to your personal and professional objectives. Definitely. And fitness as well as brand strategy, as you talk about kind of, it's all about improvement and optimization, but you can't really improve what you don't measure or where you don't have a baseline. So how do you think about helping people create a baseline for where they are and then create that kind of personalized strategy to move forward? Well, I think first we just need to, we need to pause and and check in with ourselves. And that sounds really obvious or simple, but I, I would say that is the biggest problem that we have, at least in North America, where things are so automated so fast so productivity focused that it's so easy to fall on autopilot same like you know with our nutrition with our work with with everything because if you if you stop as soon as we stop asking questions and i mean you, you know you have young kids like you th those kids are only evolving because they're curious right they learn how to walk because they're curious about reaching out to the table or, or getting their balance and so we've all gone through that and we've all had very, very curious minds. And at some point, that curiosity just kind of gets sucked away. And next thing you know, um, 
we're, we're just we're not really thinking for ourselves. Perfect example, you you go into a grocery store or a supermarket, if you're not thinking while you're in there, you're not coming out with healthy choices. There's no way, right? You're you're on the autopilot of marketing at that point, right? Or what sells the best and so forth within the end caps. So, I mean, that's one example, but when it comes to just overall, whether it's our work and, and our personal life and, and our health specifically, I think we need to just slow down and check in, like, how am I feeling? You know, and like, what is, what's really important to me, you know, professionally and also just like the big buckets of life, like my family, my work, my, uh, my hobbies, my health, all of that stuff and, and see, like, take inventory of where we're at and where we want to be. And then, then the middle is where we can then start to design, you know, the practices and the habits and the systems to support that. And then that's when, you know, okay, well, if I want to be at this place, um, then like what tools can I leverage, right? What data do I need to track and, and whatever works for you, like whatever motivates you um, to see the pattern, to see the progress and so forth. But continually checking in is, I think, first step. Definitely. And you can really see your, your passion around this, this topic and kind of how you think about it. It's very, very thoughtful. Um, you started your career more, more in corporate America. How did you transition to to this work, this passion um, that you're now kind of focused on throughout everything you're really doing? Well, it started, I mean, I was, I always had some element of mental fitness, even in my my corporate life. I wasn't calling it that, obviously, at that time. Um, what happened was, I remember I started in a sales function. And at that time, I was hired with a group of people. And then we were all essentially flown out to a head office to be trained. And I, I remember thinking, I'm like, I'm in a sales function. We're all being trained essentially the same way. How possibly can I stand out of this group uh, and, and the large organization? And for whatever reason, what kind of came to me was, like, you know what, I'm going to get up a little bit earlier and start reading positive content and start studying other people that were interesting. So I just, I started doing that, you know, about 10 minutes earlier in the morning, started reading uh, different books and blogs and so forth at that time, at least. And what what materialized really fast was that everyone that was being profiled had some sort of reflective practice. And they were all asking really powerful or good quality questions. So I started writing those questions down. And then either in the in the moment, I would journal on them um, and then start my day from a really you know good perspective, or I'd hold on to the question and start at the uh, and journal on it the next day. And just did that for years, but I was traveling a lot and, and and using different apps to do that, and just eventually grew really frustrated with the the at least the apps that were out there, because there was at that time there was nothing like a headspace or calm that you know guides you into a meditation practice that would guide you into a journaling practice. So I would copy these questions and I'd paste them into another app and back and forth, and like there's got to be a better way to do this. And that's how the idea of of Keo, which was again at its at its time one of the first guided uh, journaling apps out there that took prompts and packs of prompts and collaborations with a whole bunch of different people and brands on topics like you know Adam Grant. We had ten questions from him around workplace feedback prompts you can reflect on, and just put those all in one space so that when you tapped on those questions, you would fire up a journal entry and you can do that reflection. Right. So it was really the combination of there was all this great knowledge out there, but instead of just consuming it and kind of letting it come in and come out, 
pick the stuff that's appropriate for you right now and journal on that right now to get those those results. Um, so that's how the kind of the both worlds came together. And then eventually um, knowing what it would take to build a brand, because uh, I was doing that, I was out of, out of sales at that point. I was directly in product management. I'm like, I can only... I can only do so much uh, it, with two kind of functions. And uh, at that time, I, my wife was pregnant with our first son. So there was a little bit of a grace period where she was bagged by like 8 p.m. So I would work after that on this app. But then as soon as he came along, it was a whole other you know story. So I, I decided to leave and we launched the app. It sounds like journaling is uh, one of the kind of practices that you would say that's a great place for a lot of people to start. Um, but after kind of, I think you're at over 260 episodes of the Behind the, the Human Pod, you've been doing this for a number of years. Uh, what would you say are some other common mental fitness practices or kind of lessons learned that really help people um, achieve their goals from a mental fitness perspective? Well, I'd say so just on the topic of journaling first because that i think that is the the staple going through the the guests but in a way that if you expand the definition uh and and this is the way i think of journaling is if you think of the practice behind it it's just reflection and when you think of journaling as reflection then now all of a sudden it's not just pen to paper it's not just an app it could be just walking and thinking and taking time to process something or taking time to release stuff or or you know recording an audio note uh, on a prompt that you heard uh, or an idea or so forth so i always like kind of to set that baseline because then it, it it opens up a whole other avenue of reflection and that's what out of all the episodes and including the people that you know i studied for the book they're all just taking time in different in different ways, in ways that work with their schedule and, and their lives, but taking time to think, coming kind of full circle to how we open the conversation. You, you know, you don't create these billion dollar companies or these massive innovations by following the status quo. It just doesn't happen, right? So they're asking questions and then they're relying on whatever practices they have, whether that's meditation or breath work is a big one, uh, one that I'm personally using more and more of because you can stack a lot of great practices within breath work and the holds and so forth. Um, but they're doing things to, to ensure that their minds aren't clogged up with a whole bunch of emotional baggage or just, you know, relationships and thoughts and things that they're worrying about. Like really, it's almost like opening the door, like the front door and the back door of your home and blowing out, you know, the dust and stuff like that and, and creating a, a cleaner space so that, you know, when we need to access something, you're not going in and emptying out the whole room. You know, you're there, it's there, it's organized, it's like a neatly organized library in a way. Um, and that's that also tends to be when ideas surface, right? They're they're there. It's just we need to allow our minds to surface them and form the connection points um uh to do that. Yeah, it's uh it's kind of like when you exercise or when you're on a walk, that's when your your brilliant ideas strike. Just making sure you have a, totally. a method to allow that to to come to come out when it happens. Um are there any surprising practices that you've heard from your guests or kind of people that you've worked with uh that maybe have worked really well for them or that you said, "Hey, like this is interesting. Let me try this." Yeah, one that one that always stands out to me um was from an interview with Naveen Jain. Um, who were, I'm sure you know of his work at, at Viome and, and so forth. Um, uh, and, and he, and he runs a space company as well. And I remember him talking about just this idea of 
you know, when big decisions come up that he takes 15 minutes, closes his eyes and just visualizes himself having made the decision six months down the road. And if there's anything intuitively that feels off from that decision being made, he doesn't do it. And I just remember thinking, because the example was, you, you know, it, that, that practice has saved millions and millions of dollars when the spreadsheets and everything else looked like it's 100% yes going forward. And I, that one always comes to mind to just, again, just slow down um, because we, you know, we like, we like the momentum of things and seeing the progress and feeling the progress. Like when we're, when we feel like we're making progress, we're typically at our, at our happiest. Um, but it, so it takes, it takes some discipline and some training to just pause and wait a second. It does this feel right. Like, what am I hearing in the whispers in this situation? And, you know, usually there's data, there's insight there that, you know, we may have not caught. It's again, it's there if we ask the questions. And we've talked a lot about mental fitness as an individual. It's really around allowing your your mind to open up, having practices that really allow for deeper thinking, paying attention to intuition is what it kind of sounds like that that lesson is, which is really important. Um, how does it? How does mental fitness look differently for a workplace or for an employee um, versus for yourself as an individual? Well, they're very similar. I mean, the big thing with uh, a team or um, employees or brand teams or whatever it is is that. I always just, I try to be pretty upfront that, you know, it's nearly impossible for us to do our best work and best thinking if our mind is clogged up and looping in fear states or fearing uncertainty, uncertainty and so forth, right? Which, again, if left on the default track, I mean, just firing up, you know, an internet browser with the news will automatically put you in a fear state or social media will put you in a fear state in comparison mode. So, this is what I mean by the check-ins and like we have to take individually first accountability for some check-ins and some practices to at least start our days on our own terms because we know we're going to get hit by society and all of these other things that are outside of our control. So if we have those practices, we can at least acknowledge or realize, okay, this is one of those situations. Here's my toolkit of, you know, five different things that I know will put it my, my, my mind in a happy state or a smile on my face that I can pause and rechannel that uh, that narrative and put me back into a thriving state. So it always it always starts at the individual level, but I, I, I like when especially when working with teams, when we're together and we're doing breath work together, the, the most fun uh, situations is usually there's like a teen dinner or something the night before and everyone's having a good time, but that goes into a later evening situation. Um, so I often ask, you know, to have my session first thing in the morning, the next day, because I know people are going to come in and, and I always ask like, how's everyone's mind feeling? One, one word. And usually, you know, they'll either say things like I'm, I'm curious or I'm excited. And then I'll say, okay, let now tell me the real truth because I was at the same dinner as you. I'm also tired. So then they're like, yeah, I'm tired. Uh, you know, my eyes feel heavy and so forth. But then we do six to 10 minutes of guided breath work. And it's like a whole new room. So when it comes to that, you know, with the team, everyone can feel that kind of energy exchange. And all of a sudden, like eyes are are, are open and people are listening. And then we get into, okay, well, let's let's figure here are some prompts to identify um, 
practices that you can personalize to your routine and so forth. And then we get into more of them. So it's always a mix of feeling what's possible with, with uh, as an example, breath work or gratitude prompts. That's a big one too, that you immediately feel the benefits. And then leaving teams with preventative mental fitness. And the, the key though, is, is that for the most, I know this is not always possible, but is that it's not just a one-off thing. It's like, if we're going to do, if we're going to kick off the year with, you know, let's say an introduction to mental fitness, then let's look at your next planning period. Or if you're going to be releasing, I don't know, another brand strategy, or there's a product release or whatever, whenever you're getting people together, let's layer in the mental fitness again. So it's top of mind and, and, and not just top of mind, but also so that you can prime the minds of the team so that they're, we can get rid of the fear states and then you can ideate at a whole other level. Right. So that that's probably the difference between individual and teams is more so the frequency and baking it in to the company strategy so that the, the, the so that the work actually supports the the brands or or the or the teams. And from a tactical perspective for founders or managers, what are some systems and processes that they can put in place to make sure that you're doing the cadence correctly, that you're supporting people not just once, but over the the course of the year or the course of the month. Um, what are, what advice do you have for for those folks? Well, it's one of those just like kind of practice what you preach, right? I mean, the, if I think of some of the the leaders that I've interviewed on the show, the, the the most successful ones were were they've given really great, excuse me, great like adoption examples is where their teams see them doing this stuff. I remember I interviewed. Uh, Radix Sally from Swiss Vitamins out of Australia at one point, and and he was the CEO, and he had an uh, this glass office essentially uh, in the main he- headquarters, and he would go in early, and there was no blinds or anything like that, and he, he had a little couch in there, and he would sit on the couch, and he would start his day meditating, and over time he would he said you know it was interesting because I I knew people could see it. Obviously, you, you know, people are walking by like, what is he doing? And then he would get questions, you know, he'd be like at lunch and be like, what were you doing? And so forth. And next thing you know, more and more people started to adopt the meditation practice. And he would explain like, well, this is why I do it. And all of a sudden now that's baked into the culture, right? So, you know, practice kind of what you preach type thing. Just, you know, I would share practices that are working uh, really well for for you individually as a leader. Um but then also just, like I said, making sure that at those bigger company touch points, that there's something there. And, you know, it doesn't, I'm not, this is not a pitch for me, anyone, like bring in something that will help people's minds feel uh, like they, you know, you took their mind to the spa essentially, right? Like there's no downside to doing that. And your new book, uh, Personal Socrates, congrats on the, on the book, by the way. Um, it Thank presents you. about a, a hundred questions uh, that have the power to change your life and work. Uh, are there any of those kind of questions that you'd say, hey, managers, you should you should tell your teams to, to look at this? Or as an individual, what are some of your, your favorite ones um, that are really important? Yeah, whenever it comes to the questions, uh, usually b- just because I know that people get the most out of it if they follow this this flow, and 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 that's the same thing with your organization or team. But is to open the book and look at the table of contents and just scan either the people that are profiled or the actual prompt and see where your mind stops, and start with that question because for whatever reason, intuitively you stop there. There's something of interest, and usually there's something of that can be very much, uh, you know, relatable to whatever you or or your company is going through. Um, 
and you'll get the most out of it. And same thing with with reading, in my opinion, when when uh, looking at different podcasts to consume, like pick the ones that you know you know you're going to get some value out of right now. Um, but you know, in general, I think the ones that I see teams getting most hung up on, or the I should say, where mental loops start to happen, is when when it feels like there's a lot of uncertainty, which we have no shortage of right now uh, in the market and so forth. So then prompts uh, uh, like what is within my control um, or uh, even just statements like everything is impermanent, right? Like that, even our thoughts and our emotions right now, it's here right now, but it's not always going to be like that. So just subtle reminders that, you know, that too, like this storm will pass, but also then layering on, well, what is within my direct control right now? A, always is your mood. You can decide how you want to mentally process a situation. Um, and, you know, easier said than done. So one way to do that, if you're feeling, you know, down or if you're feeling a lack of motivation is to just throw in some gratitude. Think of someone that you don't give enough credit or thanks to that you'd like to give more credit or thanks to. And, Whoever that person is and whoever's listening right now, you can do that. Just send them a quick text to say, hey, I was just thinking about you. I hope you had a great day or I hope you have a great day. And they're for sure or most probably going to write back saying, hey, you made my day. Thank you. And then they're going to make your day. And what's not happening in the meantime is you're not looping on whatever was irritating you in the first place because we can't be grateful and upset at the same time. We're just not in those two states of mind the same time so it's like all these little tricks right all these little mental hacks that can we don't have to suffer all day in these loops or days and weeks and so forth right like there are things that are accessible to us that as long as we we, we take some time to flip or have our individual practices and for some people that might be meditation that might be a quick walk but just identify those those practices and activities that you know that 100 if you do that thing you're going to feel good almost immediately. So just make sure those things are in your schedule. You know, every and I week. love and I love that they're small too. So like that gratitude practice you just mentioned could take 3 minutes or less. Um totally. so there's a lot of kind of tips and tricks that you can integrate into your day. A lot of our audience are busy people, they're professionals, they're working parents, they don't have a ton of time but they're still motivated to improve their health. So those those short um well, quick tips are always really helpful. And that's key, Rachel. I mean, this happened to me literally last night. You, I know, can resonate with this and any other parent. I mean, my one-year-old uh, decided he was not into sleep last night, um, or at least half of the night. So that, you know, for me, most of my mental fitness and physical fitness is early in the morning. So that obviously, and I know how important sleep is. So I slept a little bit longer, and that threw off my regular routine. But the, the key was I still did a short round of breath work to start the day. And, you know, I didn't have the other things, but there was one thing there. So I think like for, for busy people and parents and so forth, it's, it's just adjust, including your schedule when you have, you know, three core things that you want to do, but something comes up and blows up the day, take a minute instead of just going into reaction mode and adjust the to-do list, shift the priorities, because then you finish the day in a motivated state versus I didn't get everything done that I wanted to get done. And that affects your sleep at night. That affects how you show up the next day. It's just breaking the patterns. 
Definitely. And obviously mental fitness is, is part of a more holistic health journey. Um, what else do you yeah. do for your health? Um, you've got the mental fitness down. What else are you doing on a, on a day-to-day or, or weekly basis? I mean, the biggest thing um, obviously is, is related to, I think for me, at least for health, like just being really present and conscious of what I'm consuming and knowing like where my willpower will uh you know, lead me astray if I don't think about it, you know, for example, uh, like sweets or like seed oils and things like that. But just knowing that 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 that's in my makeup right now and having having reminders of, OK, I I'm not going down that, that route because these are my core objectives and goals for the year. Health plus business, plus professional and personal and whatnot and mood, mood being the big one, um, it's not going to support me. Right. So just, you know, for me, it's always, again, the check-ins, just just taking a look at like I just I started uh, using a mood tracker and it's it's a quite good one that links up. Okay, well, what activities uh, have you been doing or what did you eat, for example, and you can customize everything and just start to see the patterns that, okay, the days that I have a lot of podcasts, typically for me, my mood is like in an elevated state because I I leave these situations in a flow state usually. Versus, you know, if I'm doing another activity, um, you know, might be the reverse. So then, then it's just data, right? Like, okay, well, I need to adjust my calendar next week to support a more elevated mood because every, everyone wins in that case. I mean, I'm a better dad, I'm a better husband, um, you know, I'm a better leader and so forth. So all of that. And on the health side, I mean, this is where I can't wait until uh, your products are in Canada. Um, a CGM was like a game changer for me. Uh, and just that data and just understanding, okay, you know, where I thought, you know, I was making healthy choices uh, was just not the case, at least for me personally. And, and just, ha- again, data, having that insight that I know even my wife's amazing homemade granola is like, I might as well have a Mars bar after I eat that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, the, the, that feedback in terms of kind of what's actually going on in your biology and, and being able to tailor the the approach to your specific goals, your specific biology is, is really important. Um, and on that note, is there anything as you think about the future of mental fitness, the future of health, that's really exciting for you? Or, or what does the world to you look like in, in five or 10 years from a from a health and mental fitness perspective? Yeah, I mean, what excites me most is I, I really do believe that mental fitness will be talked about and adapted or adopted just like physical fitness, where, you know, Someone will say something like, I'll meet you for dinner, but I'm I'm gonna get a run in first. Uh, whereas in this case would be, you know, I'm just I, I'm gonna do some breath work or I'm gonna meditate and then I'll meet you or so forth. And it's just kind of casual, um, you know, talk like that and it's just really integrated. Um, or just like um, you know, there was a whole phase where companies were bringing in gyms and stuff into their organizations and whatnot. And you know, some companies have like meditation rooms and stuff like that, but I think. I think what's going to happen, it's less about having like a physical meditation room and more about integrating these practices. And, you know, when we're doing those team meetings or, you know, there's a lot of organizations that that I'm working with where they're taking their teams and doing like uh, offsites in national parks or something like that. Well, how that's great, you know, when you're there. But how do we integrate like the power of Yosemite or Joshua Tree or wherever you're at, wherever the, the the magic is happening? How do you bring back that energy and integrate it through your practices so that it lives on and it becomes habit? You know these these things become habits so that 
when your mind feels good and thriving in those those uh, you know exceptional states, that you can make it the norm. And I really think it's possible. I, I think it's possible that our minds feel uh, more happy than than not. I think it's the reverse right now, given you know the mental health crisis that we're unfortunately in. Um, but if we first of all dial in our our sleep and nutrition, I mean that that is probably seventy five percent of the battle right there. And then you layer in the other tools. Um, it's possible. Yeah, really and possible. it's really around impossible. It's doable. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it sounds like it's also about helping people discover it, guide them to what what yeah. are some ideas that will work for them, what are some tools that will work for them, um, but making sense of this noise that is the current health uh, industry in a really um, personalized but easy way for for people to consume. Um, and on that note. Summing up everything we've talked about today, what would you say is one thing that our audience should start doing to improve their mental fitness? And what is one thing they should stop doing? Hmm. Well, just on the note of like, you know, making tools accessible and so, and so forth, like what comes to mind is like anything that I've talked about today, none of this stuff is new. It's literally been around since the beginning of time. It's just we need to find the narratives that relate to us. So I would say, think about, you know, your work, your life and what you're doing and see, like, really just be honest. It's not about judging yourself. Just be honest with yourself, like what's working and what's not working for me. And, and do that for the most important buckets of your life. And then, and then start noticing like, well, what are the patterns? Like what's fueling that when I'm in a fear state or not feeling well, well, what, what was I doing that day or the day before? What were some of the, the activities that might contribute to that mental state or, you know, even physically how I'm feeling? And just slowly over time, start collecting more and more data to see the trends and then just get clear, right? Like the, the, the most important thing, and it sounds so easy, but most people just don't do this. Who do you want to be? that simple like we 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 evolve like we're we're programmed to evolve and we're when we're when we're evolving and progressing we feel good so just take a time take a moment to dream and 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 really see like how do i want to feel like at the end of 2023 in december what are you celebrating about yourself you know like what is it where are you who's around you what did you do like what would just put a huge smile on your face and allow you to go into the holidays thinking yeah i did it and just start by that, you know, identifying that vision. And just by doing that, a lot of the stuff's going to start to fall in place, but you've got to do the check-ins. Keep checking in to see, okay, am I, am I on that path? I love that um, kind of prompt of how do I want to feel? So much of goal setting, um, and even I do this, I just went through goal setting and, and strategy meetings as a team too. Um, it's all about accomplishments. What do we want to achieve? What yeah. are the milestones we we want to think about? How are we going to get there? Um, and it's less, how do I want to feel? How do I want to feel about kind of what we've done? How do I want to feel about the accomplishments? How do I want to feel as a human? Um, do I want to enter the holidays stressed, overwhelmed, and frustrated? Or do I want to enter the holidays proud and like excited yeah. um, and empowered um and thinking about those questions that's one thing i'm gonna do uh when i when yeah, i get off amazing. of this uh it's, and it's such a subtle, subtle shift right it's literally mm -hmm. one question uh away from a from a different perspective or shift definitely and then last question how can people find you um and and how can they find your podcast and your book um to kind of learn more about about you and what you do 
Yeah, I mean, the easiest place is just behindthehuman.com. That's also the name of the podcast, but that's that's my website. The book's there. The social um, links are there as well, as well as, you know, there's there's the main show Behind the Human, but I've been doing more, um, I guess you can call them original series uh, shows, content series between eight and 11 episodes and so forth. And, and just trying to find, you know, link up with brands that really want to help other people and produce original content because i think there's i think we're in a in a in a phase where we're we're going to see a lot more ai generated uh content which is which is fine and it's great and a lot more templated content but we are human and i think we will seek original content as well so um i'm putting some effort into doing a few series like that with with great brands this year Makes a ton of sense. Yeah. From a content perspective, people are going to care more to use your branding. What's behind the human versus what's behind the computer um, that is writing. So seeing content that um, I think it's going to be a lot of video. It's going to be a lot of audio where it's actual people talking um, as ambassadors of the brand to say that this is this is real. This is human. This is how I'm thinking. This is my point of view um, versus a computer. So I love that too. Well, thank totally. you so much for, for being on. Um, this is a great episode. Tons of learnings and tidbits for our audience. Thanks so much. Thank you. Great questions. And it's always a pleasure to to hang with you. Madden and Mitchell Media.